Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute provides educators access to nonfiction 9-11 resources for K-12, first-person curriculum with video, Discovering Heroes book series for kids, and a speakers bureau with access to 9-11 first responders, survivors, and loved ones. A high-tech 83-foot tractor trailer that transforms into an interactive museum with artifacts and Russell F. Siller Memorial Scholarships for exemplary high school students of program recipients preparing for college. Never forget, donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's right. You read the title of this episode correctly. This is going to be my first ever two in one episode. Now, look, you know, I normally give you two episodes a week. I had to do a little celebrating. My birthday just passed. okay, and it was Labor Day, too. So y'all got to give me a little leeway. okay? but don't worry. I know y'all want to talk about Beverly Hills. I'm going to talk about Beverly Hills. I know y'all want to talk about the newest episode of What If. I'm going to talk about the newest episode of What Ifs. It was the best one yet. I'm here for it. Let's talk about it. It is your weekly. Ooh, do I call this unscripted or scripted? It's your your first ever two-in-one episode of Reality and Comics 2. Let's do it. Right, you're listening to Reality and Comics 2, the podcast that discusses all things scripted and unscripted TV and film. I'm Kendrick, but most of you know me as your mama's favorite black geek. You want some hot takes about the Real Housewives or Love Island, or maybe you just want some extra insight on the Scarlet Witch or the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, you're in the right place. Grab a cocktail, sit back, and prepare to cuss and fuss right along with me. Phones, eating my cookies while I watch cartoons. Yeah, let me tell y'all something. <laughs> Erica Jane, you did something with that one. You did something with that one, okay? What's up, everybody? Hi, guys. 
Oh gosh, this is my first ever. I usually I try not to do these. I've always, you know, historically since Marvel has come back from their hiatus, which has been a while now, I've been doing two episodes a week. I rarely, you know, I, I wasn't doing the, you know, the, the combo episodes. I was doing one dedicated to unscripted TV and film. And then I was doing another, you know, three days, four days later, whatever the case may be, about scripted media. And this time, you know what? It's a special occasion. Just consider this birthday episode number two. I want to give y'all a little bit of everything. I want to talk about, you know, Beverly Hills and the goings on that's been going on. So we got to talk about Beverly Hills because they, they've been showing the whitest part of their asses. Okay. <laughs> and I'm living for it. I'm living for every single moment. Okay. M-O-M-E, uh, M-O-M-E-N-T. Okay. Don't judge me. I went to college. Damn it. And I want to talk about What If. This is my favorite episode of What If so far. I feel like Marvel has perfected how this season was going to roll out. Because every episode, in my opinion, has been better than the last. And so I wake up on Wednesday mornings, child, when my alarm go off, when I'm supposed to be logged into my work computer, child, I got to watch the first episode first. They'll be all right. Them damn emails ain't going nowhere. Y'all can leave me the hell alone for a minute. I, I I look forward to watching these episodes every single Wednesday. And then later on that Wednesday, I watch Beverly Hills and they shows they whole ass. I used to watch the encore. <laughs> Ooh, I'm so hold on. Damn it. Ooh, them emotions came over me. I'm sorry. I used to watch the encore, but they finale. That was my favorite show on the planet. It's gone. You know, that's that's okay. That's that's okay. You know what? Even though this is kind of a, a special episode, I still I'm gonna kick y'all off with some weekly reality ramblings because Lord have mercy. This has been a week for reality television. I'm not gonna touch on Potomac. New York didn't have shit but a uh uh what is it a uh, uh, can you believe that happened episode, which is basically like a, uh, one of them, you know, behind the scenes kind of, uh, what you didn't see kind of episodes, secrets revealed. That's what it's called. Secrets revealed episode. I didn't want to see that shit. I didn't watch it. If I get bored enough, maybe I'll watch it. I doubt I'll get bored enough though, because y'all know love Island consumes my life, but not only love Island. One of my favorite reality shows is back the circle. I can't believe it. I don't know how many episodes are out right now, but I just saw that it was back. I had, you know, Netflix always send you the little, uh, uh, you have the circle added to your list. Well, guess what? They've got a new season. And so, you know, I takes my black ass over there to Netflix and I'm gonna watch it. I haven't started the new season yet, but I'm going to watch it. I, you know, I love me some circle. It is the dumbest show on the fucking planet, but I love it. I don't know why. Cause all you're doing is watching people send text messages. It's so stupid, but I, I love it. I don't know. Oh my God. Socks. My dog is so damn distracting right now. Literally like uh, chewing up everything. Can you stop? Can you stop? Can you stop? She don't give a damn about what I'm saying. My little cousin has been over here like since, last thursday and socks has been just like she is her favorite person to terrorize in the world she be all on her back she take them damn lol surprise dolls and she be running around the house with them they wind up headless it'd it be a damn mess oh lord she left today I, I get a little peace because now the dog uh ain't chasing her around the house all damn day so but then again, Socks was distracted, so that was kind of a break for me. I don't know. Listen, this is a chaotic-ass household. Regardless, let me get into the show that I really want to talk about this week. 
Beverly Hills, of course, I want to talk about. What If, of course, I want to talk about. But there's another one. Another one. Palau, tadow, watch out now. It's another one, and it's not Bow Wow. Let me tell you. Them bastards over at Bachelor in Paradise. I got some things to say to y'all. Now, if you follow me on Instagram, if you don't, I don't know what the hell you're doing at reality comics Two. that's at, at reality comics T O O then you would know that this show has incised me incised me very much. I have been, what's the correct word? I have been losing my goddamn mind this week because bachelor in paradise has driven me to drink. I had to drink a whole bottle of wine during both episodes. You know, it comes on Monday nights. It comes on Tuesday nights. And then Stephanie from the Mocha Minutes podcast, who y'all know I did an episode with recently. If you haven't listened to that, stop what you're doing. Go download uh, Stephanie's new episode featuring me. And Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Who she asked me, she said, should I start watching this? I said, yes. I said, now you going to be mad. Because I think she asked me twofold. She said, should I start watching this or are they going to piss me off? I said, yes and yes. <laughs> like every other goddamn show we watch. You know them damn housewives keep us pissed off. So I don't even know why you're asking. But you since you asking, I want you to watch. Lord, let me tell y'all. You know what? As a matter of fact, let me let my girl Kaya from the uh, Bravo Wild Black podcast, also from the Melanated Bravo Clubhouse on Clubhouse. Listen. Y'all, okay, we coming back, okay? We had to take a couple of weeks, you know, vacation, but I promise you, we coming back, okay? We gonna come, you look, you know black folk love a relaunch. We gonna do a relaunch. We gonna call it a, a rebirth, a, a regurgitation, or we gonna call it a something, a new, a, a BBL, or <laughs> we gonna call it something, okay? That's neither here nor there. Let me throw it over to Kaya, and she gotta give you all of her thoughts, because Bachelor, you know, the Bachelor Nation is her thing. She loves it. Her Monty from Mixing with Monty and a few other people were instrumental. Uh, Obi from the Odd Black Individual podcast. All of them were pretty instrumental in getting me to start this journey. And now I'm here. Now I'm hooked. And she's one of the people that I consider my my guiding light through Bachelor Nation. So let me throw it over to her so she can kick you off with her opinions about this week. And then I'm going to piggyback off of her and I'm going to talk about the motherfucking tings t-i-n-g-z the tings hey it's kaya from bravo wild black and i want to talk to you about bachelor in paradise well kendrick you love love island so much so that you neglect almost any and all other shows to watch love island this is my love island you know, I like the Bachelor franchise, but something about Bachelor in Paradise really feels like summer. And what we are seeing this week, at least, is the result of us complaining that everyone was booed up because we have gotten used to these couples. And now that more girls are coming in, heads are turning like they do on Love Island. And we're mad about that, too. Um who do I want to drag first? I guess we'll get Chris and Elena out of the way. Who the hell are Chris and Elena? I don't get it. I don't know how they got kicked out of the island. I don't care. Um, you know, congratulations to them. At least they got their five minutes of fame. At least we know their names now. I can't really tell you if they were actually ever on the show. I'm going to keep it a buck with you. 
But who I really want to drag is Brendan and Piper. Brendan and his greasy ass, curly ass hair, and Piper with her piperness really got on my nerves. If y'all just wanted a free vacation, just say that. But it just seems that Piper literally fucked up the entire game. She could have at least made it interesting and asked someone else out on the date or not bring it up, but that is the definition of fumbling the bag. If you guys have not unfollowed Brendan and Piper on social media, please stop this podcast, go unfollow, and start this podcast back up because we were literally on the edge of our seats watching them get unfollowed and what a sweet day it was um i don't know why they're still on the island and chris and alana got kicked off it's just very weird i know that everyone is loving riley and joe right now but where was that energy when natasha explained how she was feeling it's just like it's very weird to me and they need to get it together the last thing i want to talk about is kenny Kenny, I'm going to get dragged, but he's hot. <laughs> Kenny is hot. I'll say it. I don't know. It's something about him being 40. You know, he's older. Old, he was the oldest on the island, but he kind of acts the youngest. Um, him being comfortable in his nakedness. It's the tattoos. It's the fact that he kind of doesn't really have a real job. I don't know. He's giving like bummy daddy energy, and I I see it. But the way he turned Demi down, I would definitely leave the island. Um, Bachelor in Paradise has been so good. I don't want it to end, but Michelle's promo is also giving. Listen, I had to truly decide if I even wanted to waste time on Chris and Alana. They was on uh, day seasons of Bachelor and Bachelorette for such a small ass amount of time. I I probably got a bigger credit than they did for appearing on the damn show. I think I wrote in a question, and I think I, I appeared in the damn credits. I don't remember either one of their asses from either one of the shows they claimed to be on. So I almost didn't even want to acknowledge that stupid ass we were in a whole ass relationship before this and now we coming here to meet up for a free ass vacation ass couple i almost don't even want to acknowledge them the other two on the other hand brendan i got a special place in reality and comics to hell for your ass so let me go ahead and give you a little piece first i have been calling you a creeper ass bitch since the moment you appeared on Tasia's season, I guess Claire's season, but on Tasia, because Claire was on there about as long as uh, Alana and <laughs> Chris were on their damn seasons. Since you appeared on there, I knew. I knew you were putting on to be too damn sweet. You were the best uncle. You know, you were Marty Marty love the kids. I knew it, Chris. I knew your faking ass. But see, the persona everybody puts on for reality TV. I knew that wasn't your real personality, but I get it. Everybody's putting on. We don't know any of these people's real lives. We don't know their real personalities. I get it. But where you lost me during Tasia season was you faking the funk for so damn long. Then suddenly you make it to the top four and all of a sudden, you know what? 
I've gotten my heart broken a few too many times. And I'm just, I'm not ready for love all of a sudden. Now that you've appeared in as many episodes as you can appear in, now you've appeared in as many as you can appear in without having to actually marry the Bachelorette. Oh, see, the people, the people didn't see through you. I saw clean through your ass. That's why I never followed you on social media. I could have been like everybody else following your trickety trick ass, but I didn't do it because something just always felt skeevy to me. But you know what? The people, the same people that I said were following you on social media, they convinced me. They said, you know what? I think he's a good guy. I think that his intentions are pure. He's with Natasha now. I was okay. So when I'm watching Bachelor in Paradise, I see you, you know, getting along with a black girl. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Maybe, you know, maybe he he, he got a little jungle fever. Okay, that's his for real. What is, you know what? I hate saying jungle fever. Let me not say that. He got, you know, he down with the swirl. That ain't no damn better, but <laughs> I'm sorry. I just saw a picture of uh, what Evelyn Braxton looked like now, and it's, it's throwing me all the way off, child. Anyway, he, uh, Brendan, let me tell you something. I truly was trying to give you a chance. Truly. Truly. I was truly trying to give you a chance. The people convinced me. They say he's a good guy, so you know what? He's with this black woman now, so maybe him being there for Tasia wasn't like such a stretch. Because I do believe a lot of those men that go on there are not interested in black women, but they fake the funk so they can get these social media followers. I've told y'all and ranted many a time about how I feel about black women's treatment on reality TV. Shows like Love Island and uh, Bachelor in Paradise and The Bachelorette and all, batch, all, all of that. I have, I feel a certain way about a certain kind of way. I had to calm myself down because I, I get too hyped talking about this. I'm overly protective of black women on reality television, specifically the ones that deal with dating shows where they have to be quote unquote chosen by a man. It annoys me to no limits. I hate feeling like, you know, Kaz from Love Island U.S., or uh, 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 Amber from uh, Love Island UK, or you know any other, you know the Cas, you know uh, not Cas. Who did I say Cas? Cas and Cachet. Y'all know who I'm talking about. All the Love Islanders. I feel like they they get played around with so much until the blonde haired, blue eyed woman of their dreams come into the house, and it annoys the hell out of me. With that being said, Brendan. You're a special kind of asshole because you use Natasha gaslit her this entire time until Piper, who everybody knew you were rumored to be dating, got into the house. You did that. You did that. And then when she got there, you gaslit Natasha into saying, well, you know, I wanted you to, you know, find someone here. So I just, you know, I, I, um, I, I didn't want you to, you know, get too attached, you know, like that. And then his ass behind her back talking about, well, you know, she didn't have no other possibilities. What was I keeping her from? I mean, what was I keeping her from? Brand, ooh. I keep calling this boy Brandon because you're a jackass. That's why. All Brandons are jackass. You know what? Let me stop. <laughs> I know Brandon like, now why am I in it? Now see how I get thrown and stuff? I ain't even did nothing. I'm sorry, Brandon. Brendan. All Brendans are assholes. Okay, let's, let's keep the narrative correct. Brendan, when Piper came into the house and selected you for that day, you acted as if you were so shocked. And then suddenly, suddenly, you got a whole new leash on life. 
Your boo is there. Y'all was spotted. It's tabloid pictures of y'all everywhere hanging out. And now you set up here and used and toyed with this black woman's heart for so long. You jackass, jacketed, jack, jacketed, jackass you. And you sat up there and played with her and tried to gaslight her in this conversation and act like she was the crazy woman. She kept a straight face while you were doing all this uh, back talking, uh, pussy popping and, and, and doing a, on a handstand on American bandstand. It was a lot. Brendan, it's a special place in hell for a bitch like you. And you know what? I love the fact that you have lost damn near 100,000. You on this show bragging you and Piper about the number of social media followers y'all have. And now y'all have lost majority of them. You know what? Everybody raise your glasses. I know y'all probably got solo cut. Look, y'all ain't fooling me. I know if you at work right now, you got a coffee mug full of wine. I ain't judging sis. I got a target right across the street from my job that I used to go to. Now I didn't fill it with no wine. So HR don't come for my motherfucking neck. Okay. But I get it. If yours is filled with it, I get it. Look, I work from home. Okay. Enough said. Okay. I'm just saying. Okay. Listen, raise your wine glass to Brendan and Piper. Finally, we go, we go hope that they hit 50K in terms of followers by the end of the week because we want nothing but despair, heartache, and misery for the both of them as long as they remain on this damn show. I want them kicked off. Apparently, you know, we saw Chris and Alana's awakening. They booted them the fuck out of their house. Now, that was entertaining. If you haven't been watching Bachelor in Paradise this little saga was entertaining enough for you to just go ahead and get caught up on. So get caught up because when I tell you they booted, listen to me, do you hear me? When I tell you they booted Chris and Alana's asses about that house, Chris tried to get up in that damn car with that girl. That girl said, uh, this is not your cab. Wait, what? <laughs> I just left this show with you and you're not going to let me ride to the airport with you? What? You know what? I love it though. I love the energy. I want you to keep that energy, baby. Keep that energy because they entertained me, okay? Piper, I didn't really give you a taste, but you a tricky to trick ass trick too. And I want you to know it. Piper, you see, Brendan is a special kind of asshole, but you a special kind of asshole too because you did it to another black woman. And that really is going to have you not maybe not, not the center of hell, like not, not in that middle ring, you know, that ring where it's really hot, but you definitely going to be on the outskirts of that ring. Like you go be down there and Natasha, well, I don't know if you're going to heaven or what Natasha, but you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not the judge or the jury. I'm just an innocent bystander. All I know is Natasha don't deserve it. So even if you watching, you know, from a, you know, a slightly cooler <laughs> area of hell, that's, that's better than where Piper and Brendan go be okay. You know what? Uh, I'm getting I'm getting worked up. I'm gonna move on because I can't I can't I can't deal with with Bachelor in Paradise. When I tell you Monday night after the first episode, when I tell you it worked me up so badly, I could not like I haven't felt this worked up about reality TV since Portia on that Monday night. Drop that picture of her and Simon with that caption talking about her and Fallon and our friends. When I tell you my blood pressure was so goddamn high, my heart was racing at such an elevated pace that night. Hoo-wee! Let me tell you something. You know what? 
Fuck Bachelor in Paradise. Let me just talk about my birthday for a minute before I transition over to Beverly Hills, okay? This was a great weekend. <laughs> I had a great time. You know, I told y'all I was going to go to one place. We went to a place called, uh, was it Marciano's? I think Marciano's in Memphis. New place, super nice. They gave us our own room, which is always great, especially during this, these times. So it was just family in our own little room. So, you know, black folk, child, we got to be as loud as we wanted to, laughing and cussing and fussing. It was it was just the best of times. And, of course, let me tell you right now, okay, I got my two appetizers, like I told y'all. One of them, okay, let me tell you, look. One of them was a beef tenderloin. That beef tenderloin was so fucking thick. First of all, I don't know how, but it was the most expensive thing on the menu. It was only like $35, but I don't know. I picked it out because I wasn't paying for shit, okay? I picked it out. I was like, one of y'all can buy that, and then I looked over to the uh, the uh, the shrimp scampi that came with like these angel hair noodles and vegetables. I said, one of y'all can buy that. Baby, I ate half of each one of the meals, and when I came home later that night, I ate the other half of both of the meals, and I Fucked them up. They were good. Let me tell you, okay? Had me a little, uh, we had nothing but cake cupcakes. I didn't want a cake. I like cupcakes, okay? I didn't want no damn Kroger cupcakes. I wanted some nothing but cakes. And they were everything I, that I wanted them to be. They were white chocolate raspberry. And they were red velvet. And they were lemon. They, I mean, they, vanilla. They was amazing, okay? They were they're everything to me. Like Monica said, I'm telling y'all, look, it was a great day. The next day, we tried to go, okay, so the next day was a journey, okay, because they, whew, getting seating in restaurants now is kind of hard, too, because them COVID numbers going back up. So we tried to go to a place here called, uh, where were we trying to go? Oh, Stony River. So we tried to go to Stony River. They said, ah, ah. Ain't no reservations. We say, okay, fuck y'all. And so then we just try to go. I'm like, you know, we'll just go to, you know, some kind of steakhouse. So we're going to go to, uh, I think Texas, not Texas Roadhouse. What's the other one? Not Logan's. One of them damn restaurants. I don't know. But last time we went there, the steak was so damn good that we want to go again. Chat, they had a two hour wait. I said, uh-uh. So we ended up, if you follow me on social media, you know, I went to get me some Hennessy and Hibachi. Yeah, that damn restaurant made their own hibachi. When I tell you that shit burned the whole way down, and I had two or three double shots. I don't even remember. Two or three double shots of that shit. Whew, I was feeling good in that passenger seat. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let me tell y'all, Jasmine Sullivan, you better watch these runs. You and Brandy, y'all better uh, sign me to uh, Norwood Records or whatever that shit called. <laughs> It was a great birthday. Look, I first want to say thank y'all. Everyone that bought me a coffee. If you don't know, I'm on uh, Buy Me a Coffee, www.buymeacoffee.com. Use the link in my Instagram bio if you want to support your favorite content creator. I, all of y'all, I was like overwhelmed by how many of y'all actually sent me a coffee. Like I was, or a beer in my case, cause I had the option of picking which one. I was like, oh, send me a beer. I don't want no damn coffee. I don't drink no damn coffee. The only caffeine I drink is Coke. Okay. And I ain't talking about cocaine, like what they was doing in Dorit's bathroom. I'm talking about some Coca-Cola. Like Anna Mae said, Coca-Cola, please. Whoo. My, listen, it was a great time. I uh, also, you know, my birthday Whenever we talk about, like, you know, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want for your birthday? I always tell my family, 
just give me some Amazon gift cards. I'll decide what to do with them when I collect them. So this year I collected a substantial amount. I wasn't expecting to collect that much, but one of the things on my list was that even one of my uh, one of my followers, Mimi, shout out to Mimi, she actually sent me an Amazon gift card too. I used it and I've spent a lot of the gift card money because you know you can do like the you you like collect your balance on there. So I bought a teleprompter. It hasn't come yet, but now I'm gonna be able to do like quickie with Kendrick videos that I do on Instagram in like a third of the time that I was doing it before. It took used to take me so long to record those damn videos because I was trying to like look over here and then I do like that. Look over here and then go back. Slide two times to the left. Boom, boom, two times to the right. Doom, doom, buddy hop. Now y'all, boom, it was a lot trying to go into them videos. So I'm happy that'll be here soon. I got new backdrops. See that? All that money, I could have bought me some damn, uh, you know, a new TV or something. Even though my t- I'd love my TV, but I could, you know what I'm saying? I could have bought something for me, but I feel like that is for me. I don't know. I'm going to have fun. I'll be making new stuff for y'all, new content, because I want to start the Patreon this month in honor of Kendrick's birthday, but I don't know. We'll figure it out. You know what? I'm rambling at this point because Bachelor in Paradise had me so goddamn worked up that I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to talk about, whew, let's get into it. Let's get into these damn Beverly Hills housewives, because Lord have mercy they need to be gotten into. Now, obviously, I've missed an episode, and it was a very, very good episode, but thankfully, I have all of y'all, and y'all gladly came to the rescue to help me talk about last week's episode, too. I'm going to be mostly covering the dinner party from hell. Well, not really. I'm going to have y'all talk about the favorite moments from last week's episode, and then I'm going to continue on with the dinner from hell and then go into this new episode. So why don't I kick it off? I'm going to throw it to, you know, one of the regulars here. I'm going to throw it to Nimade. Nimade actually has a brand new series. I think it's a new YouTube series. I was one of the people that just recorded for it. We just did an episode. I think it'll be out soon. I cannot wait to hear it. It's called Bold, Black, and Addicted to Bravo. So if you have YouTube, go ahead, check it out, subscribe. I think the first episode is live. And she did an episode with some of our favorites like Taria from the We Go podcast. I can't wait to see that. It is video. Get ready to get your life and watch it. But Nimade, she has some thoughts on Beverly Hills. Mostly... If you remember correctly, last week there was a sit down at whose house was it? I think it was, was it Cat? No, it was, I don't know what damn house that was. Who house was it? Maybe it was Crystal's house. I don't know. But the four of them, it was a weird, it was a weird coupling. It was Crystal. It was Kathy. It was Garcelle and Erica. Now, Chad, I thought Erica would have flaked on them. It would have just been the three of them, but she been showing up this season. One thing about it, I, I, I can't, I, I'm not going to take that away from Erica. She's been showing up this season. She's definitely been showing up. Let me throw it over to Nimade. She's going to talk about that and a couple other things from last week's episode. Hey, it's Nimade, that African butterfly. And I just have a few notes from the Bravo, Bravo, Housewives of Beverly Hills I just watched. Um, starting with the the little luncheon with the women. Um, I thought it was interesting, especially right now, seeing on social media, everybody going in on Crystal for saying she didn't know, um, who Sutton was. I, 
I'm on both sides of that, right? So like within their small world, I can understand, you know, small such big world of Hollywood. I can totally understand them being like, well, no one knew who you were. So why does it matter? Then I also agree with Garcelle, like just because you don't know who someone is doesn't mean they're not a big deal. Everyone's kind of a big deal in their own space, but logically, obviously, the more people know you, the bigger of a deal you are. Like, it doesn't matter if you run the whole town, if it's a small town that no one has heard of outside of that town, it's not a big deal. Um, So I get what they're saying on both sides. I did agree with Garcelle about, you know, you're still a big deal, even if someone doesn't know who you are. But I didn't like the jab that she took at Crystal saying, um, but I knew who your husband was just because I feel like, aren't we past that? Like where you don't matter, but your husband does like, we don't need to do that to each other as women. Like we've gotten it long enough. Um, so I didn't like that, but, um, moving on to Kyle and Sutton's conversation. I do, I do totally agree with Kyle with Sutton that I don't think Erica knew all the stuff going on all along. And I've said that before on these, um, but I do agree with her that she probably towards the end got a heads up and has been maneuvering since then. Um, I, and I also thought it was interesting at the dinner um, because Sutton did try to tell Erica directly what she said. Erica just didn't want to hear it. So Kyle didn't really need to be so frustrated with Sutton because Sutton did try. And Erica's like, I don't care about your opinion. And I think it's bullshit when people try to shove their opinion of you down their throat when you don't want to hear it. Like she said, I can only take so much and your opinion of me does not matter enough for me to want to hear it. Everybody has a right to say that just because someone has an opinion about you does not mean they have a right to put that opinion on your shoulders unless you want to hear it. And even if they do, you can shrug it off like you are allowed to say your opinion of me does not matter. So I think they should have just let her be at that moment because that's what she said. She said what she said, but they didn't. And so, you know, things, you know, escalated and got worse. But that dinner, it was like so good but also gave me such secondhand, like, awkward embarrassment, which I guess, you know, was good as well. Um, And I love the moment between Kyle and Mauricio. Like, that was a sweet, happy moment in the episode. So one thing I want to pull from that, she addressed that um that, that little dinner or that little lunch, whatever it was, with the four of them. I want to talk about that, too. I'm glad she mentioned the stuff about, you know, Crystal and how online y'all are being kind of weird about crystal not the people that listen to me i feel like we all kind of on the same accord of civility when it comes to you know treating housewives except lisa runner but (laughs) anybody else can get it you know i'm i mean you know we all treat these people with such civility but there are there's this like gross subsection of people that i don't know what their beef is with crystal but it's gotten super weird Like, it's gotten weird. I don't get it. Crystal, yes, she... I had to think about it, because, okay, one of the reasons I'm not covering last week's episode so super heavily is because I actually just did an episode with uh, Mandy, you know, uh, Mandy Slutzer. So go check that out. It's an amazing episode we did. It was so much fun. I actually... um, we talked about it and I think I had kind of an epiphany. I don't know if our conversation just woke me up or what it was, but I had a bit of an epiphany when we were recording crystal at first I was like, uh, why'd you take that stance? But of course, I mean, it didn't, 
bother me the way it didn't make me mad or anything like but people were like you know infuriated that she had the nerve to take erica jane's side in that situation i mean i wasn't that damn mad about it i was just like uh dang i wish you would have you know uh saw where sudden was you know coming from in the situation but then i don't know if it was just something that triggered during that conversation but i had to kind of remember like why in the world would i expect crystal to take sudden side like they're they're not friends. They're cordial at best. I'm trying to think if I can call them cordial. I don't know. They just kind of they're 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 together is what it is. And I think that I was assuming. I don't know. In my mind, I guess when you're not actively beefing with somebody, I'm assuming you're friends. <laughs> and so I don't know why I immediately thought that. And then I had to think about. It. I was like, well, why wouldn't she lean more so Team Erica Jane if Erica has been nothing but kind to her. So like, I don't, you know, I, I don't get, it. you know, her and Sutton have had like real beef this season. So obviously she's not going to be too quick to jump on the sudden train. So I think we all got to kind of remember that people, though we might want them to fall a certain way on things, they have real relationships with these people. We don't, I don't know sudden. I don't know Crystal. I don't know Garcelle, even though I go up for Garcelle, and I feel like I know her because, you know, that's my girl. That's fancy. Hey, fancy. But I, you know, it's hard. I think people need to calm the hell down when it comes to Crystal, and they need to just kind of relax a little bit. Not me rambling. Anyway, that is, I just need y'all to back the hell up off of Crystal. Like, it's not that deep. Let me actually throw it over to JV. Y'all know JV is a regular here, too, like Nemade. He had a lot of thoughts about that episode of uh, Beverly Hills because they, I mean, they, they gave us a lot to think about, okay? In what world is the best season of Housewives Beverly Hills? What world are we living in right now? Sutton is doing the Lord's work. She is being a housewife of the people. Now, we all know that usually backfires on them. But in this case, yeah, it's needed. I kind of felt bad for Erica at the end of this episode. Because it does feel like this is her season to be dragged. But she keeps answering the same questions over and over again and you can tell that this lady is really distraught over everything that's happening and we're just gonna keep talking about it every time there's a dinner party every time it yeah you you can tell it's taking a toll on her now whether she did anything whether she knew anything is irrelevant to the fact that it's becoming a lot this reunion is going to be lit because we're going to see how Erica responds to the real footage of that meeting that Sutton called where Dorit was very vocal. Tonight, Erica's whole breakdown between her and Sutton, I blame on Lisa Juvederm Judy. Yes, I'm, I need to coin that term. Lisa Juvederm, Judy Renner, and Kyle. Because the two of them started it up. With that dang on bell and drunk Renner's talking about anything anybody got to get off their chest. And then Kyle looks over like, yeah, girl, that's you, Sutton. She's talking about you. 
Erica does not want to talk about it. Even Kathy, rich Kathy Hilton, is serving you caviar pie. And y'all want to talk about Erica. Like, I am thoroughly entertained. I have never clutched my pearls for a Housewives episode in Beverly Hills. It's never happened. I'm impressed. I am thoroughly impressed. When Garcelle tried to wipe that tear and Erica moved her hair faster than a round of free shots on college night, I cackled. I don't know why somebody's pain brings me joy. Even though I felt bad at the end, but I I, I, I cackled like, ooh, it's getting started. Erica has been activated. I want to know who's doing her hair since she ain't got no funds. Because she ain't do that on her own. Just saying. She left the mascara alone, though. Good for her. And I understand the the tearing up. Not because she's, like, hurt or anything. She, I, I get like that, too. Where we get so frustrated and pissed off. It's that's, That was an angry cry. Erica, like, she was getting ready to rip some heads off. And she didn't know which heads to rip off. So she wasn't going to name names. But Dorit, you on the you you on the chopping block, baby. Oof, I can't wait for this reunion. I swear, Erica gonna get her so good, and I can't wait for it. Electric Jeff, both of them. Look, cut both of them up at the reunion. Sashimi chopped up and served on the side. And I understand that everyone loves Kathy Hilton because she rich, rich, and I quite frankly, I I, I am entertained by her as well. However, there was a level of this 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 elitist attitude that came from her and Crystal in that whole conversation that they had about how, oh, we don't even know who Sutton is and talking about country clubs and all kind of bullcrap. Like Garcelle said, so because y'all don't know her, that, that means she's nobody like... <sighs> Y'all know what this lady was talking about. If her name is associated with somebody, it's natural to think, hmm, could this have implications to me depending on how bad this gets? It's a natural reaction, a natural question. Anybody that's acting like it's not is crazy. You can ignore, ignore, ignore all day long. But Kathy, everybody is not Paris Hilton's mama. Okay. Calm down. And Crystal was just happy that somebody else didn't like her. That's all that was. Now, I was about to go up for everything that JV was saying because he was saying all of the things, all of the things like he always does. But breaking news, breaking news. So. I just, listen, it take me a long ass time to record this one ass episode, okay? I have been all over the place, but listen, breaking news, Brendan, as of now, I'm recording this Wednesday night, Brendan has now taken down the photo that he had on his Instagram page, Brendan, who I was just talking about in Bachelor in Paradise, and it was a photo of him in the pool with those big blue eyes just staring at y'all. And the caption says something of the lines of like here for the wrong reasons. The comment, I mean, the picture got over like 11,000 comments on it. Like people were going 
Ennington, like Ennington on him. And then what was really crazy was that some of those Bachelor in Paradise people like Ivan were commenting on it going up for him uh, talking about dogging out a black lady. So we not going to go there, but child, he posted a long ass apology on his Instagram story. So before I get into the, you know, the newest episode of Beverly Hills, let me read it to you. He says, after taking time to begin the pro to begin the process, the events that unfolded over the past few days, I have realized I was wrong on so many levels. First of all, I removed my last post from my feed. I posted it before the episode aired and had no idea the magnitude of hurt that I caused. My approach to many things in life is sarcasm. In this instance, with regret in regard to my post, I was completely insensitive. Most importantly, I apologize to you, Natasha. I hurt you. I am deeply sorry for doing so. I understand that the damage is already done and all I can do going forward is acknowledge the error of my ways. For some of you that felt my actions triggered certain feelings and emotions, I am truly sorry. Lastly, despite the fact that Piper and I had misunderstandings going into paradise, and I can't stress this enough, if you need <laughs> if you need to express disdain for the situation, please do so at my expense. I am completely at fault. A full statement and apology will follow. Boy, if you don't go to hell, listen. Cute apology, but it means nothing to me that you're making this apology after you've lost almost a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. Now, I know those that the, the, the follower count was very important to you. They had y'all hot mic. They caught y'all up in a moment. Y'all talking about how important Instagram followers are. I'm glad for you. I'm glad that you are so happy about your Instagram following. Well, a third of it is gone now. You've lost a third of your following in two days. And so that apology doesn't mean shit. I need to see what other apology you come out with. I want to see the 2.0 version. See, 1.0, it, it didn't hit the way it had needed to had hit. You know, it didn't give what it had needed to had gave. It just didn't. I'm I'm away for 2.0, and then I'm going to roast your ass on Instagram when I get the chance. Now, let me quit stalling. Let me go ahead and get into Beverly Hills so that I can transition over to the Marvel side of this episode and talk about what if. Would you like to be sued? <laughs> Erica asked that lady if she'd like to be sued and I'm glad everybody said you're giving credence to exactly what she's saying that's why this lady been meeting with lawyers and shit because you up here talking about would you like to get sued <laughs> every time I say it I like would you like to get sued <laughs> Sutton said lawsuits are what she was concerned about and you talking about Tom's tales of the crypt ass suing her. Kathy had to literally calm Erica down during the scene and she still basically threatened sudden or as she says, promised to do some things. Baby, Erica Jane had to pause and calm all the way down. They showed that lady literally sitting in silence about 10 seconds before she responded I've had to do that a couple of times during work meetings I have to stop myself and say how much money do I have in my savings account how much money is in my 401k how much money do I have in stocks and bonds the answer is always not nearly a damn enough so I catch the, <laughs> the, 
So I just catch them hoes in the parking lot like y'all need to start doing. I don't cuss them out in uh on Microsoft Teams or in the boardroom. I just, you know, wait till I catch them in the parking lot, okay? Child, sudden got up and left because she ain't used to being threatened. Now, I, I've been threatened a few times. You know, I, I've been threatened a couple times before, so I'm not scared of it anymore. But I get why sudden might be scared, okay? Lisa Renner, you kill me. Even after all of that, you talking about, I'm sorry, Erica. If, if you don't leave us the fuck alone, if you don't go find Harry Hamlin and leave us the fuck alone, I'm glad Garcelle got in Kyle's ass on that damn porch when Sudden stormed off because Kyle was doing all of that jumping and shucking and jiving at the table and telling her to be honest and truthful. And then it's just so baffled as to how the situation got to that point. You know what? Kyle is good for shooting a dart and then hiding a hand. She's been good at that shit for a long time. See, her and Lisa Renner, not Lisa Renner, her and Lisa Vanderpump, they were destined to be friends because both of their asses are sneaky snakes. The next day, Lisa Renner goes to see, uh, see Garcelle's house, and you can tell this shit is just going to be bad. Them damn ladies don't even like each other, okay? Garcelle basically recaps the night to her, uh, the night at, you know, Kathy's house because Lisa apparently was too damn drunk to remember anything. Garcelle said she texts Sudden and Sudden said that she is not okay. Then Garcelle kind of launches into a thing of, I don't feel like you have my back. I feel like it's me, Sudden and Crystal versus the rest of you. And she brings up like a, you know, a ton of examples. One being how Dorit called her a bully at that damn lunch. And then Lisa Renner just sat back and, you know, not said shit about how, you know, in Palm Springs, when her and Erica had that moment and then Lisa Renner just over there petting Erica like a goddamn dog talking about that's fucked up. It's fucked up. It's just, oh my God, it's fucked up. You know what, Lisa? Lisa Renner had the nerve, the unmitigated goal to say that it's not her place. Girl, since when? Since when? Half a please. Then Lisa Renner goes say, you know, Garcelle didn't thank her for uh, a, a second time for the sauce that Harry gave her, even though she thanked him then and there, which Lisa acknowledges. If this ain't the silliest, the silliest shit I've ever heard. Listen, I'm not going to say it too many more times. If Lisa Renner don't go to eternal hell and leave us alone, her, Harry Hamlin, Amelia, Scott Disick, uh, E.L. from Love Island, the dog, if they got one in the damn garden, I want all of y'all to just go to eternal hell and leave me the hell alone. Okay. Sudden and Kyle meet. And this scene is almost too rich for me to watch. Child, they buying $4,000 rings and competing with each other. Uh, she sees a Cartier ring. Oh, how much is that? Oh, just about $3,200. Oh, well, how much is that one? Oh, about $3,500, you know, $4,000, something like that. Oh, well, let me get that one. If y'all don't go to hell. <laughs> they looking at China patterns. Listen. China is how you know a bitch is rich, okay? We use, you know, paper plates and solo cups, you know, every now and then. And then, you know, we use a real plate, you know, when we actually about to eat dinner and stuff like that. I, it, it was a lot of rich bitch shit going on in this scene, okay? After the rich bitch shit subsided, ooh, try to say that 15 times fast, Sun and Kyle finally addressed the elephant in the room. 
suddenly Kyle know, you know, that she's pissing her off by this stupid explanation that she's kind of getting. I get it. Like, Kyle, you were doing a lot last night and you're doing a lot right now. Kyle felt like Sutton was not being honest and Sutton and Erica didn't want to talk and kept shutting her down. It was a lot. Sutton walks away and child, Kyle follows her and they get right back into it. It's, this whole scene is a mess fighting in front of these rich ass people that have brought you all of these damn diamonds and jewelry and necklaces and uh, 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 couches and tables and shit just for y'all. And y'all got there to be fighting in front of Cartier halfers. Kyle said it made her uncomfortable that Erica was so ferocious with Sutton and it made her uncomfortable how Sutton was basically pussyfooting around the issue. This whole thing is a mess. I don't know if they left this junction as friends, but Sutton just basically ended the scene nodding and just kind of being like, you know what, girl, whatever. I'm only acknowledging the Dorit and PK scene, which I actually did like because PK was... He was calling Erica out on all that bullshit, all of the social media postings, okay? Go off, PK. PK called, he called out all of the dumb shit that all of the women except, you know, Sutton and Garcelle are ignoring. Now, oof, look, wait a minute now. I got to acknowledge one thing in particular before I move on because this this scene kind of gave, I'm not going to lie. They talked about Erica posting, you know, for Fenty Savage, and the caption was, got buffoons eating my pussy while I watch cartoons. This was actually one of the moments, like, in real time that I liked Erica again. Because I was like, oh, okay, okay, look, Cam, Kimmy Blanco, fly girl mercenary, okay. The, see, that's a verse from one of my favorite Lil' Kim songs. My favorite Lil' Kim songs of all time that I spit on this podcast, I feel like, pretty often. Your cheddar would be better. Beretta inside of Beretta. Nobody do it better. Bet I whipped you like hurricanes and typhoons. Got buffoons eating my cookies while I watch cartoons. Sleep till noon. Rap Pam Grier's hair. Baby thinkers beware. Mostly dope she wear. Frank kill nigga. You know what? Let me stop for uh, that lady. Try to come and sue me. I don't know how Lil' Kim doing financially. So she ain't about to come up off me. Not off my stocks and bonds. Okay. <laughs> Child, listen. PK was on Erica's ass like back pockets. And I agree with everything that he said. Erica's social media presence, especially now, like somehow she's gotten worse. It's horrible. Like it's horrible. And it's okay to switch images like millions of other celebrities before you have done. You on social media with this whole like Rihanna Fenty rollout, child. If I was in your legal situation, I'd be dressing like a pilgrim, putting Taylor Swift songs as the captions, like, <laughs> or putting Drake like most normal people. You up here uh, quoting Lil' Kim, all right, now, all right, Lil' Kim will get you fucked up. Let's jump to Garcelle's party. Child, Garcelle better than me letting all them bad spirits in her house, her brand new house. Y'all better call over a priest immediately after to sage that house down, Downington. I don't want the spirit of Dorit talking all through the night or the spirit of Lisa Renner ringing that damn bell from the last episode and cackling like the damn uh, Lion King hyena or the spirit of Erica Jane scamming all across the world. Uh-uh. I will say, though, Everybody looked fantastic. Kyle, the hair was everything. Dorit, you look good from head to toe. Everybody, the hostess, Garcelle, 
phenomenal. Everybody looked amazing. They came on their P's and Q's. Now, Kathy Hilton didn't bother coming to this shit, but <laughs> child, I guess she said, uh-uh. Now, y'all done tricked me once coming out to y'all shit. I ain't coming twice. That's all right, Kathy. Stay at home, helpful. Look, they sat down, and their food looked gooder than a motherfucker. Oh, that's all one word. Gooder than a motherfucker. I wish I can give me just a little pot. Just give me a little pot of the rice. Just give me some. All that shit looked good. And we got them shading the fuck out of Dorit the entire time they were sitting down. So it was a win-win for me. Plus, we learned about Haitian culture. I was with everything that this party was giving us. After the pleasantries and beautiful food and jabs at Dorit that I just thoroughly enjoyed, <laughs> they filled, you know, the ladies in on the beef between Sutton and Kyle. But that, it doesn't go as left as I thought it would. I thought this was about to be like another battle from hell and Sudden was about to be right in the center again. Look, we see why Sudden earned that damn diamond. She put in work this goddamn season. I know that's right, Sudden. You and Garcelle doing the Lord's work, I appreciate it too. I love you for it, okay? I love you. This is funny as hell to me because Garcelle gets to jumping in everybody else. You know, she she gets the shit started at everybody else's house. But at her house, she keeping this shit calm as hell. I know that's right. <laughs> she said, you help us ain't about to disrupt my damn peace. I know that's right, Garcelle. They move over to the couch and baby, baby, Garcelle made a comment about the yellow pants that Kyle wore uh, like previously on the episode. And Erica was trying to remember the pants. She's like, what damn pants? Because Garcelle was like, you know, I'm still trying to find those Gucci yellow pants that you had on. I still want them. I'm trying to order me a pair. Erica didn't know what the hell she was talking about. Child, Lisa Renner couldn't wait to pipe in and say, oh, you wasn't there. They didn't invite you to that shit. Lord, Kyle wore them damn pants at that meeting that Sutton called at Dorit's house. That, that was all Erica needed to hear. She got the fuck up and she left. And Lisa Renner and Dorit followed suit immediately. Immediately. Garcelle, Sudden, Kyle, and Crystal stay behind and they discuss everything, basically. At some point, Crystal chimes in and she says that, you know, she hung out with Erica a few days prior and she said, Erica, that she ain't never go apologize to that bitch that's what she said not me that's what she said okay crystal says she hates the fake shit and nobody needs to put a band-aid on their relationship no matter how uncomfortable it makes other people because that was kyle's point kyle kept saying well it just feels like there's so much tension and it's weird that it's such an intimate gathering and we have to like you know walk on eggshells because two women don't get along crystal like no nah, fuck all that fuck all that uh-uh we don't care we don't give a damn. No, just let grown people be grown people. I'm not about to chase grown ass people around and make them be friends. The fuck I look like Barney, Mr. Rogers, Steve from Blue's Clues, old absentee father ass. No, Mm-mm. nope. Steve, I, I ought to make a whole podcast episode about your ass trying to come back and make us cry after you've been gone from our lives from all these years. But you know what? I'm not going to do that to you. You guys. I've made it to the end of the reality section. I didn't expect this shit to be an hour long already. <laughs> this is a mess, but I had some things to get off my damn spirit, okay? I had to get them off like Garcelle was, uh, you know, the child letting them spirits up in her house. I hope you saged, Garcelle. Burn some uh, fabuloso on the stove. Get them spirits out your house now. You know that's how we do on Saturday mornings. Get that spirit out your house, Garcelle. 
Whew, you know what? Reality TV, you don't owe me nothing this week. Nothing. Sunday through Wednesday was off the ticket, ticket chain. It was. It just was. I mean, I can't lie about it. Shit, actually, Wednesday to Wednesday was off the chain. The whole week, it just it did what it needed to do. Now, let me go over to somebody else that did what they needed to do. Marvel, the newest What If episode. I'm ready to talk about it. Let's do it. Let me start off by saying we got a full episode of only one of the six original Avengers in the forefront, and it was great seeing the other characters that are traditionally more, not side characters, but B characters, I guess, more B characters actually taking the lead, especially characters that we don't see assembled together too often. That's what really made this episode everything that we needed it to be. The episode opens like a new take on Infinity War, which, as you Marvel fans know, is the prequel to Endgame. Except, it's kind of like Love, Death, and Robots meets the Avengers meets Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. So, needless to say, this episode was given. Okay? It just was. I, I don't make the rules. Just like Infinity War... Hulk crashes through the Sanctum Sanctorum and tries to, like, warn everybody of the looming danger. Thanos. Thanos is coming. You remember he was out of breath saying, I'll let you. Remember in Infinity War, Hulk had just gotten his, you know, jolly green giant ass whooped by Thanos. And Heimdall had to send him to Earth at the last second. When Bruce walks outside, instead of the chaos that we saw when, you know, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Wong, and Banner all walked outside during Infinity War, we saw peace. I mean, it was just peace. It was very quiet. Almost too damn quiet. Suddenly, he notices Ebony Ma, not to be confused with, you know, our good sis Ebony K. Williams, and Black Dwarf, both of whom we've seen, you know, in T'Challa's Star-Lord episode of What If?, The difference is, unlike Infinity War, Ebony doesn't get, you know, he doesn't even get his, like, speech really going or even started his his rhetoric even going before he's, like, unnecessarily brutalized by Iron Man and others who come out of a portal. Turns out, though, even though that heroic music is playing in the background, they're actually zombies, which is the theme of this whole episode. A plague has infected New York City, and this is why Iron Man, Stephen Strange, Doctor Strange, and Wong are all wanting to taste Bruce Banner. Kind of how, you know, like we all want to taste Mark Ruffalo. Okay, let me stop. (laughs) Let me stop. Just as Bruce is about to get killed, Doctor Strange's cape, a.k.a. the Cloak of Levitation, helps fight them off until they're all eaten by flying ants. It's Wasp, a.k.a. Hope Van Dyne. It's Hope Van Dyne, and just like Judy from Bad Girls Club, she got the voodoo for you bitches, okay? Her and the ants have come to help. Hulk asks who they are, you know, and her response is, I'm all that's left. Suddenly, Spider-Man swoops in and takes Banner away. But I guess if you swoop in on, you know, some web slingers, I guess you get whisked away, like the romance movies. I don't know. This is when the Watcher, Uatu, gives us the backstory about how the plague actually came to be. He says two weeks prior, Hank Pym, who y'all know from the MCU, that's Hope's dad, 
his uh decrepit ass was down in the quantum realm, just like he was in Ant-Man and the Wasp, to find Hope, or uh, not Hope, Janet Van Dyne. But in this universe, she had contracted a quantum virus that had infected her brain. So when he found out she infected his ass, then they, you know, brought their asses back to our realm and started spreading the infection, starting with Scott Lang, a.k.a. Ant-Man. See, this is why I keep telling y'all raggedy asses to get vaccinated and to cover your mouths and to use hand sanitizer. The infection spread clean across United States of America and fast. The Avengers, including Captain America, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Iron Man, and not Thor, Black Panther. See, I like this squad. Not them trying to redo the all-white Avengers that they gave us the first time around. (laughs) They came to help, but they were quickly turned into zombies too. I love this next part because it feels very Tom Holland Spider-Man, even though it's not Tom Holland playing Spider-Man. <laughs> it looked like Andrew Garfield, as a matter of fact, but it's not him either. It just looks like him as the actual, you know, cartoon character. They do a homemade tutorial video about how to stay alive. It's called, So You Want to Survive the Zombie Apocalypse. And it stars Happy Hogan, who is wearing a I'm Not Single, I'm Saving Myself for Thor t-shirt. <laughs> Bucky Barnes, who has long hair and his butt-ass naked in the shower. Kurt from the uh, Ant-Man movies. The actor, by the way, is like, he he's in every movie. He almost like the white Samuel L. Jackson at this point. But he was just Polka Dot Man in the Suicide Squad, so y'all know who I'm talking about. Uh, Sharon Carter and many other people. The steps that they give in the video are, one, wear long sleeves, two, avoid being in your birthday suit, and three, always aim for the head. We even see Bruce and Okoye meeting for the first time, and she lets them know that they've been looking for T'Challa, and now they finally have a glimmer of hope because somebody's ass is saying that they have a cure. When they get to the location, Sharon says it's Camp Lehigh in New Jersey, where Teresa Giudice and them live, you know, Dolores and, uh, 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 and, and Melissa too. I don't know why I named Melissa. She ain't important to the cast, but that's a whole other story. This ain't about reality TV right now. This Lehigh, Camp Lehigh is also where the first S.H.I.E.L.D. base used to be. Now, side note, I know I was just joking about Teresa, but do you guys remember why Lehigh is important in the MCU? Because it's where Steve was at that like first boot camp in uh, the first Avengers. And it's where, you know, when he woke up after that in, uh, in Captain America, when a soldier, it's where him and Natasha were almost blown to hell when they went looking for Armin Zola. They go to grand central station and we get my favorite line of the episode. Okoye tells them to split up despite this being, you know, a horrible idea. And Peter's like, oh, so y'all ain't got horror movies in Wakanda. Meaning, you know, in horror movies, it's always a bad idea to split up. And Okoye says, we don't need them. We have American reality shows. Boom! You better talk that shit, Okoye, okay? See, that makes me wonder. Do y'all think the Wakandans think black folk in America are crazy as hell because of how we're shown on, like, heavily scripted reality TV shows like Love and Hip Hop? I bet Okoye and Shuri and and Io probably watch VH1 like, what the hell are uh, Mimi and 
Jocelyn and Jessica Dime Penny. What? The, why are y'all fighting over a man that owes back child support? Like, why are y'all doing this? Why are uh, Amina and Tara fighting over dirty feet Peter Guns, <laughs> the host of Cheaters, because he's the ultimate cheater? I don't understand. Okoye wouldn't dare fight over a man that owes taxes. I'm just saying. They're all doing their part to get the train started while Okoye and Bucky and Sharon and Happy, they're all making their way through Grand Central Station. Happy gets hit with like an arrow that like brings him back. It reminds me of like Scorpion in Mortal Kombat. Get over here! Like one of them kind of things. Then Sharon just gets hit with a regular arrow. That's when she realizes it's zombie Hawkeye. At the same time, Okoye and Bucky encounter... Dun, 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 Sam Wilson, except it's zombie Sam Wilson, and it's not Captain America Sam Wilson, it's Falcon Sam Wilson. Peter is still pulling that damn train, kind of reminiscent of Tobey Maguire Spider-Man stopping the train with his web slingers in Spider-Man 2. I'm sure y'all remember that movie. And thanks to the cloak of levitation fighting off the zombies, they're actually able to get the train started, and they get the fuck out of New York City. Now, side note, as they're leaving New York City and they're heading up to New Jersey, they show Spider-Man wearing the cape, which is really reminiscent of what the, like the famous What If comic, there's a cover where uh, Spider-Man has on like a coat. It's not necessarily that cape, but he has on that cape and it's called Spider-Man. What if Spider-Man had never become a crime fighter? That's the comic where, like, Uncle Ben is alive and well. The man that uh, killed him never got to him. You know, I think Spider-Man had gotten to him first, so Uncle Ben was never in danger. And then Spider-Man, like, you know, he's a wrestler. He becomes super famous doing talk shows and stuff. So the cape, you know, you know everybody in Hollywood needs a little piece of cape. You know, you need a little bit of, you know, a little a little flair, a little, you know, pomp and circumstance. You know, you need a little bit of the teens, okay? So the cape worked for Spider-Man in that instance. At some point on the train ride, Sharon is at the back of the train and is attacked by zombie Steve Rogers. He was eating Sharon's ass and not in a good way, okay? (laughs) Bucky hears Sharon screaming and he goes to rescue her, but ends up battling Steve, who I think he does end up biting Bucky's arm. But remember, his arm is vibranium, so no luck there. Cap throws his shield at Bucky, and Bucky catches it, just like he did in Captain America Winter Soldier, and he throws it right back at him, just like he did in Captain America Winter Soldier. This time, it splits him in half and kills his ass. They have a long history of trains, I feel, in the MCU, like them two specifically. Think about the train ride during First Avenger where Bucky fell to his quote-unquote death, but really, you know, they had him out there assassinating people all those years. And then think about, like, him picking up the the shield on the train at that point, too. It's a lot of, you know, callbacks to different movies in this, especially Infinity War and the Captain America movies, it feels. During this time, Hope had flown into Sharon as a wasp because, you know, she was trying to, at that point, Sharon was a zombie, so she trying to help out any way she could. And then she became big, while inside of her, and boom, Sharon exploded, so no more Sharon, no more Sharon, S-H-U-R-N, ain't no more Sharon, okay, what a morbid run of what if, 
<laughs> what if it's been so morbid, especially like watching the Hulk blow up in uh, the episode before last. You know, it's been a lot, but I've loved every minute. I'm gonna tell you. We do see though that hope has been scratched or bitten by a zombie and is officially on a ticking clock. They don't want to kill her though because they feel like they're close to a cure. Child. Peter gives like an emotional ass speech, just like Captain America does, and he inspires everybody. The train runs out of fuel, and there are zombies outside everywhere, but they're going to have to walk to Lehigh now. Hope ultimately turns big, like Ant-Man has done in a couple of movies. I think he first did it in uh, Captain America Civil War, then he did it again in Ant-Man and the Wasp, and then he did it again in Avengers Endgame. So, you know, he did the teens, okay? She, <laughs> you know, Hope uh, turns big, like Ant-Man is done, and she's carrying them, and she's kicking bitches and doing all kind of shit. She puts them over the gate to the facility, but then she's unfortunately overtaken by zombies, and she passes out. For some reason, the zombies don't climb the fence. They don't go through the hole. They don't do anything to get to the actual Avengers. Kirk says he can feel Baba Yaga as they're walking. And when Bruce asks who that is, he says, Baba Yaga, the witch. Now, two things. One, this isn't the first time Kurt has mentioned Baba Yaga in the MCU. Remember in Ant-Man and the Wasp during the scene where Scott and Hope and Hank and Luis and Kurt and whatever T.I.'s character's name is. Have I ever known T.I.? I don't know. He introduced him in the first one, but I wasn't paying attention. I don't give a damn about T.I. Oh, uh, you know what? Let, let me not do that because I was about to go to fuck in on him and Tiny, but I'm not going to do that. And they're all talking and planning. And Kurt mentions Baba Yaga, the witch that frightens children. Just like in that scene, they get a jump scare, but not from, you know, Ghost, who's in the movie. They get it from Peter. So it's very reminiscent of that same scene. Number two, this is kind of, you know, some foreshadowing for us because he once again references Baba Yaga as a witch. And we know two witches that are known in the MCU. That's going to be Agatha Harkness. And this is, of course, going to be Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch. So just keep that in mind. They find Vision who isn't a threat because he's an android. Y'all know Vision, one division, one, one division. Y'all know who the hell Vision is. And the Mind Stone is actually keeping them away. Once he figured that out, he's been doing experiments to see if he can actually reverse it. And that's when we find out that Scott Lang isn't dead after all, even though we saw zombies attack him at the beginning of the episode. He's literally, though, just a head in a jar, just like on Futurama. <laughs> His sense of humor is still very much intact. And this gives everybody hope because they actually, you know, now they're thinking that they can actually submit uh, or transmit the signal of the Mind Stone and they can end this plague. Vision said there's no tech that can actually do that on Earth. And Okoye is like, boy, fuck you. You must don't know about Wakanda, okay? <laughs> this is when we actually find out that just like in Wakanda, the force field around it actually kept it a literal sanctuary from the, not the ghost apocalypse, child, the zombie apocalypse. See, now I'm talking of ghosts from uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. If y'all don't remember who that is, then you probably don't watch the Ant-Man movies enough. Get like me, okay? Bucky goes looking for some transportation to get them to Wakanda. While he's gone, 
Bruce finds out that others have responded to the signal, which makes Peter wonder where they actually are. Because remember, there's a signal that kind of, you know, that's been put out and like people have been able to actually come there. But they're wondering why the hell they haven't seen any of these people. This is when Bucky finds a zombie and it's Wanda in a glass cage. And he also finds T'Challa with one leg for some reason. I actually had to be reminded that this is actually right from the comic books. In one of the one what if storylines, he does wind up with one leg. I don't remember that one. I'm going to have to read it, but I did see the picture. So it tracks people, okay? It's all a trap. Vision has been luring people there to feed to Wanda. Now ain't that some shit. The natural question is, how do you cure Scott but not Wanda? He says, which makes a lot of sense, that her powers are far too strong and she resists the treatments. This tracks since she's literally like one of the most powerful beings in existence. He also refuses to eliminate her. Just as they're about to whoop Vision's ass, <laughs> Wanda awakens and goes on a hunt, starting with Kurt. Vision helps them get out of the building, out of the building, but Okoye sacrifices herself to save T'Challa. He sends them towards the, uh, not the Quinjet, the Quad Jet, to leave, but he stays behind and basically kills himself in the same manner that Thanos killed him in Infinity War. You know, he grabbed that Mind Stone out of his head and wow, everything just blown to hell. Keep in mind, they grabbed the Mind Stone and they bounced. Vision was the only thing that was keeping the zombies at bay. So now they're ready. Bucky says, shoot to Wakanda. He's, you know, he's, he's like, look, y'all go ahead and go. I'm going to stay here. He starts shooting at Wanda Maximoff. I don't know who the hell thought that was a good idea, but he stayed to do it. Needless to say, Bucky is probably dead. Once on the quad jet, Bruce gives the Mind Stone to Peter and he goes to fight the zombies. And finally, the Hulk makes an appearance and he fights Wanda. As the others are escaping to Wakanda, Zombie Hope, or Zope, as I like to call her, you know, she gets really big and she tries to stop them, but T'Challa puts on the blasters on the quad jet and zoom, they gone off. The episode ends with a little piece of conversation between the three remaining Avengers. That's Black Panther, T'Challa, Ant-Man, Scott Lang, and Peter Parker, Spider-Man. We get a Black Panther flashback, kind of, where T'Challa says, in my culture, death is not the end. And he's saying this to Peter, who is really kind of thinking about all the death that he's incurred, not just here, but in previous cases. They talk and hype each other up, and they head to Wakanda, but the last visual we get is a zombie Thanos with an almost fully loaded Infinity Gauntlet, literally only missing the Mind Stone, which... They're flying to him now with, and he's waiting on their asses at Wakanda. Whew. Listen, that was the best episode so far. I am loving what if I'm ready for some live action. I'm ready to get Hawkeye. I think that I think we get the Eternals first. Now that we've gotten Shang-Chi. You know, I can't stop talking about Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, I'm going to do a super in-depth review once the movie actually comes out and I can watch it in the comfort of my own home. I've seen it twice now in theaters. 
But, you know, I gave y'all like a soft review of the movie, but I want to do an in-depth deep dive to answer a lot of the questions that y'all have been asking me. So I'll do that at some point. I think it's going to be 45 days in theaters and then it'll come to Disney Plus for all of us. So I'll wait for that and then I'll do an in-depth review. Whew, y'all, this is my first two-in-one episode. It was a little dense, but I did a lot of rambling, like I always do. But I hope y'all enjoyed. I hope the people that usually only listen to the Marvel episodes checked out some of the reality TV content. And I hope vice versa. Some of y'all that only come for, you know, the Love Island, the Housewives, the Bachelor in Paradise. I hope y'all stuck around for the Marvel. Listen, my name is Kendrick. This is all I got in me. And my thok, like it always is at the end of these episodes, is tied. So I'll see you. Oh, wow. You sat through that entire episode? Well, aren't you special? You deserve a treat. Why don't you head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review for free. Need to contact me? Email me at realitycomics2 at gmail.com. Make sure you follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and up-to-date information about the podcast. That's at realitycomics2, T-O-O. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.